Happy Tuesday, guys. A big fat welcome back to our podcast. Owen is here with me. Owen, say hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> I actually feel like I'm on a loop there. It's Owen's catchphrase. It's what I said. Welcome I back same. to the podcast. Hello, everybody. <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. We are on the fourth episode of our mini series, The Basics of Fat Loss. It's going really well. Yeah. I'm, I'm super happy with how it's going yeah. um, we've still been getting loads of support really appreciate it um, time's gone quick we're four weeks in um, four weeks ago we sat down to record our first episode we've done this for a month now um, every time we sit down it still feels a little bit weird speaking into a microphone sitting in the kitchen but I think we're getting used to it it's funny because whenever we listen to it back I can just picture us sitting at the living room whereas <laughs> I know nobody else can see that and it's just it's yeah, bizarre it's weird <laughs> Um, the other thing as well is that uh, if anybody else is thinking about starting a podcast, like it might feel daunting or seem daunting at the time, but like we literally just decided on a whim, put up the poll, got a few votes and we're like, hell yeah, we're going to go for it. Ordered our equipment off Amazon um, and we literally plugged it into the garage band and hit play. The only thing I will say though, is that hearing your voice back for the first time is one of the most cringiest feelings ever and like i know i know you know what it's like to listen to your voice back i know you know it's like, i don't sound like that yes you do you do, you sound do. Like that. <laughs> um, but yeah so i feel like we are getting a little bit used to it and a little bit more comfortable with speaking to nobody yeah. but people at the same time um so if you're new to the podcast and you've jumped into this episode absolutely fine to do that just know we've set out the episodes in order of ease of adherence if fat loss is your thing if that's what you're listening for um, we're recording them in order of ease of adherence or easiness to begin today without too much complication so you're now in episode three um or sorry episode four but um third of the basics yeah and four topic like the first three they're all things that you can start to do today so it doesn't really make a difference which one that you do but we have done them from water vitamins and minerals sleep and then we'll get on to whatever's coming up in the future we're still not going to ruin the surprise um so today we are going to be talking about sleep as i said um as always this podcast is referring to fat loss we will always go back to that um so we're going to go through a few headings um as usual we need a list to keep ourselves on track we have them written out owen's going to read them so we have today we've got what is sleep why is sleep important for fat loss do we really need eight hours of sleep and then our coaching advice so hygiene setup and our approach then yeah so we will explain those as we go along so just to kick things off i'm gonna just give you a little quick description on what sleep is and to keep it short the information that we have about this is from uh, harvard scientific research um, so sleep is actually really incredible, really incredible. Sleep is really incredible, but it's incredibly difficult to define. And the reason for that is because when we sleep, we don't actually know that we're sleeping. Mindfuck, like yeah, straight away. Straight off the bat, it's just like, oh what? shit. It's, it's like, like one can, of those shower can, thoughts. Yeah, I know everyone's just going to rewind. Did you just say, I don't know that <laughs> I'm sleeping? Yes, we said that. <laughs> um, so all organisms kind of they display like a sleep pattern. So for humans, it's, you know, waking up in the morning, going about your day, getting sleepy and going to sleep. Um, you could think about it in a different living organism, like a flower. Maybe you've seen a time lapse of like a day of a flower. So it literally like opens up its petals and then it closes again. And that's kind of like its sleep cycle. So we're not all that different, us living organisms on the planet. Um, so instead of it being like one kind of phrase of a definition for sleep, Harvard basically have 
a list of characteristics which kind of make up what sleep is. So um, sleep is a period of reduced activity. It's associated with a posture, so lying down with your eyes closed. Not standing up drunk at a bar. <laughs> or like a cow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's lying down in your bed. <laughs> with your eyes closed. Um, uh, it results in a decrease in responsiveness to external stimuli. So um, the other day, the fire alarm went off in the house. It triggered and Owen couldn't hear it. So, you know, if he was awake, he'd obviously know. But he was asleep and he, he didn't have any idea that the fire alarm was going off. Um Sorry, it wasn't the fire alarm. It was the house alarm, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. House alarm. <laughs> um, and it is also a state that is relatively easy to reverse in comparison to other states of reduced consciousness. So if you think of like comas and hibernations, like you can't just easily wake up out of a coma, but you know, you could set your alarm on your phone and you're awake from your sleep. So there, there are just a few of the characteristics that kind of make up what sleep is rather than a big definition of, you know, sleep is this, 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 yeah. you know. Um, so when we sleep there are physiological changes that happen and physiological just to put it really simply is just like the normal functions of living organisms and their parts so what a living organism's function is um so for example um your heart rate and your brainwave activity so it they kind of slow down so Whenever we're awake, say if we were to take breathing or heart rate, for example, whenever you are awake, let's go heart rate. Whenever you're awake and you have maybe a tracker on your, your wrist, so we're, we have the Apple Watch and we can see what our heart rate is throughout the day. Whenever I'm sitting on the couch, my heart rate, if I've been there for a while, is generally between like 40 and 60, depending on the amount of coffee that I've had that day. <laughs> um, but if I was to stand up and go to maybe the sink to get a glass of water, my heart rate might rise just from, you know, getting up and moving. So there is a good bit of variability in the day. Maybe I then go and train and my heart rate goes up into the hundreds for a period of time and then it comes back down. But whenever we sleep, we have way less of a variation and far more steady. It's almost like baseline where it just maintains this kind of steady heart rate throughout the night. So I don't know if I think Fitbit actually do a sleep kind of one it tracks your sleep it knows whenever you're in bed sleeping um so if you if you do have a fitbit and you wear it overnight go onto your fitbit app and you'll be able to see kind of how your heart rate stays the same um, we, we like apple so of course we have to charge our watches every night well we don't have to but we like uh, we, we, we like do. having full battery but yes yeah <laughs> so yeah but fitbit i yeah i think the sleep cycle on fitbit is quite good yeah so like just so i don't end up going off on a tangent it's about fat loss so and the importance of fat loss so but just the more we learn about the human body, the more amazed that we get by it. Like biology is just amazing. And like my biology teacher, if she was listening to this now, like... Ha, I told you so. <laughs> I told you that. So. Well, she didn't like me and she didn't make it very interesting until I started looking at it myself. And like, oh my God. Like they, they should like, why isn't biology cool in school? Yeah. Like they should make it so much cooler. Um. Even just listening to Owen's neuromuscular therapy lectures that he's doing, like, Jesus Christ, like, no, nothing, nothing is by accident. Like, everything is a purpose and there's no, like, everything's so precise. Like, even, even body even temperature that, yeah. is just so precise. But even that and how precise and how, like, everything just fits and moves. Yeah. Like, it's just, it is fascinating. Yeah. So, okay, sleep, yeah, deadly. We know what it is now. <laughs> Fantastic. 
why is it important for fat loss? And that is the essence of the podcast. So it is really important that we address this. And just quoting a medical journal, so healthy adults, short-term consequences of sleep disruption include increased stress responsivity, somatic pain, reduced quality of life, emotional distress and mood disorders, cognitive memory and performance deficits, right? So that is just straight off the bat, leaving that there, Owen. So <laughs> let's get into training, right? So when people... Uh, like <laughs> when people try to achieve fat loss they'll generally start doing some sort of exercise most often than not you can look out your window and you'll see a lot of people out running that seems to be the exercise that people go for but nonetheless people start generally taking up some sort of exercise which is fantastic yeah. now the first thing that we need to do is look at recovery yeah. because you can only train as hard as you can recovery or as you can recovery my <laughs> god you can only train as hard as you can recover. Yeah. And when you can recover well, your progress in the gym or your training or your running or whatever it is will skyrocket and that will massively benefit fat loss. But if we get into it a little bit deeper, um, the recovery from muscles. So whenever you train, whenever you exercise, generally speaking, you cause micro traumas in the muscle cell, which then your body will repair. And if you're on point with your recovery, if you're looking to build muscle, your muscle will grow back a little bit bigger which is hypertrophy, it will grow back a little bit stronger or more um, more adaptable to the force that you're putting on it. So if you're running, it will be better at running, that type of thing. Layman's right? terms, it goes, oh, I used that quite a bit yeah. and I wasn't sufficient in that, I must have more. Exactly. So that's generally how it works, very simple way um, of how it works. But recovery for the muscle happens in deep sleep cycles. So they're otherwise known as non-REM sleep. So REM is rapid eye movement. Um so this is non-REM sleep. So it's in this sleep state, so the deep sleep cycles, that blood pressure drops. Breathing generally comes deeper and slower, and it's at this point where your brain is then resting. So these cycles then generally take up about 40% of total sleep, and it allows more blood supply to the muscles. So bringing blood supply brings oxygen, nutrients, and that will help then the muscle repair. So that's very simple. Um, but as well as muscle repair, so there's a lot of other things that happen in sleep. And as we mentioned, like we are by no means experts on sleep. This is research that we have done in the last couple of days leading up to this and then general reading that we've done over the years as and well. And our own experience. And our own sleep, experience. Because, I mean, so, we've slept every night. Yeah, exactly. For 26 years now, you know, pretty good at it at this mm -hmm. stage. But anyway, um, so there is a lot of different things that happen with sleep and there's so many different things that sleep benefits, but just in relation to training and muscle repair and fat loss, there's a large secretion of a hormone called growth hormone. So growth hormone does exactly what it says in the tin. Or you might know it as HGH. HGH. Um, so human growth hormone is basically, it allows humans to grow. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, but it's excreted from a gland called the pituitary gland in the brain. And as you could probably imagine, as that's uh, secreted in sleep, if you've got a lack of sleep, there's going to be a lack of growth hormone secreted. Yeah. Um, Which and if you think about it, like babies, for example, like how often do babies sleep? Oh, so they sleep so, so much. And it's because they need so much of this growth hormone. And like now, there's a lot more that goes on in babies' growth. But sleep is crucial for them to grow and develop. Yeah, so a deficiency in growth hormone then is associated directly with a loss of muscle mass. Mm -hmm. And a loss of muscle mass then is associated directly with um, reduced exercise capacity. 
So if that doesn't make sense, just to explain it a little bit further, if you've got less muscle there, you're going to be able to cape or to manage less exercise or then like, you know, your performance in the gym or in your running won't really kind of progress anymore because you're not you're not building on your foundation, you know, yeah. you're kind of just staying staying steady or you know the, the last there or the loss of muscle mass is actually mean you're going backwards if you're yeah. not recovering and properly then so. there's also the side of it as well which we have discussed in the water episode and the vitamins and minerals episode the kind of the indirect direct effects of yes, it so exactly. they would be direct effects on that so the indirect effects would be kind of what you could call as the side effects of sleep deprivation so like sleep deprivation does sound very dramatic but to, to have just even like a slightly reduced or slightly less than the kind of recommended um, uh, number of hours of sleep, like you technically are deprived in sleep. So the side effects of that, like being knackered, you know, you have headaches, you might be feeling a little bit weak and it's not weak as in like standing up out of bed and being like, Jesus, I'm feeling very weak today. It's like, you know, doing normal things. Maybe you've picked up the kids and you're going, I feel so tired. Like these kids feel heavy. I know they haven't gained that much weight <laughs> since yesterday. And um, taking the shopping out of the car or even going to the gym. Some days you might just lift up a weight that maybe last week was totally normal. And then you go to do the same exercise. You're going, oh my God, I'm knackered wrecked i'm weak and so these are all things that uh, foggy headed as well you know not being clear in the head there there are some of the side effects that will come from being tired and again just similar to the water and the vitamins and minerals like sure that doesn't directly affect it but if you are tired and you have a headache or you're weak and you're foggy like you're not going to want to train in the gym you're not really going to want to you know adhere to your nutrition or whatever whatever plan it is that you're on or whatever it is that you're doing you're going to find it way more difficult to kind of stay focused and stay on track with that so that is how it kind of indirectly affects yeah i'd also just add in there as well that like as much as we all might like to think so um i've got a bit of bad news you <laughs> probably probably unless we do have anybody there but you're probably not an elite athlete um <laughs> What? And, uh, yeah well uh, look i know i'm sorry but you know that's that's we were thinking of uh, whenever we're allowed to open up the gym we could technically open up the gym if we call all of our clients elite athletes that's not look i, I think these are all fantastic i think these are all amazing <laughs> but i think we should call ourselves elite athletes but my point is is that elite athletes will have you know they'll have the top exercise physiologists they'll have yeah. everything you know mapped out and set out for them and they're following a strict plan and the reason why i'm bringing that up is because they will track everything so as i say like you know people trying to get to competition levels at elite level they're doing everything that they can yeah the data that they have is is next to none so whenever performance is down they can go okay well i need to look at this or whatever but for the average joe soper you know that's training for fat loss who has kids has a job you know responsibilities and a lot a lot of athletes will have some sort of um sleeping aid now it's not necessarily just like sleeping pills but they'll have like supplements that will benefit sleep and help them get into a sleep routine i'm not saying that athletes don't have responsibilities as well of course they do but i'm just saying that the the sport or whatever that they do is their job it's their it's their livelihood so for you know for us we're personal trainers and we have a business we have a gym and that's that's priority and then training and so on so forth but you get my drift but 
what I'm trying to say is that athletes will have people there tracking everything and they'll be able to look at everything and go, okay, why why was that so difficult today or what, you know, what happened? And then they can look back over the weekend they'll be able to look at the data that's there. Yeah, if you look at footballers on a football team, like the team is going to fund whatever they need to yeah, have them absolutely. at their top level because they've whereas, invested so much into them. Yeah, whereas as Beth said, you could go to the gym and pick up a weight that just feels so difficult and that can be disheartening in itself. But, you know, realistically, it could be something as simple as just you didn't get as much yeah. sleep because... So if, if we were to re- relate that back to fat loss, as we said, it's like an indirect, direct yeah, kind exactly. of thing where like indirectly, like, you know, falling asleep isn't where like weight loss happens or fat loss happens. But it's, you know, all the benefits of getting a good night's sleep are the things that mm. will lead to fat loss. Absolutely. So, um, big question then is how much sleep do we need? And Owen would probably argue and say that he needs 10 hours and five naps a day. I've always <laughs> been one to sleep. Even oh our clients, God. our clients have even gone to him and been like, did you have a nap today? Yeah. Uh, do you know what? It's just part of my routine at this stage. Um, but it's absolutely fine to have a nap. Naps are totally normal. Um, if you feel like you need a nap, you should probably nap. Yeah. Um, yeah, Owen, you've never had any issue with sleeping. Your mum even says that as a baby, you went to sleep all night. You were like the dream baby. Um, and then you would wake up for food. I, I really don't think anything has changed. No, not, not really. <laughs> you no. should hear him. He wakes up. He starts crying. I lift him out of bed. I put him in his high chair and I feed him a meal. I'm just a little bit bigger these days. That's <laughs> all. Yeah. These are 110 kilo yeah. babies. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've all heard the recommendation of eight hours um, a night is kind of the the pinnacle of sleep um so is there any truth in that well from you know us reading the medical journals and doing our own little bit of looking into it um the advice generally from scientists is actually seven hours in adults and then approximately nine for adolescents but that always depends on the person so as always it like there's no blanket statement for it there's no cookie cutter that you can use um but like generally speaking, seven hours for adults, nine for adolescents, you know, and the thing is, is that like for some people sleeping for six hours might give them enough, like completely dependent on their environment and how they're set up and, you know, how their nutrition is and how they set up their day. Um, and then you'll have some people who can't actually sleep longer than five hours. They'll just naturally wake up and you know, if they're feeling rested, then that's perfect. Seven hours is just kind of like the guidelines based on science. Um, so yeah, blanket statements like eight hours, it's not necessarily accurate, but I don't feel like there's any harm in saying eight hours because like, okay, a few different like scenarios. It is quite difficult to actually get over a certain amount of hours of sleep yeah. anyway. But for most people, they actually are trying to reach that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So eight hours is like, you know, it's not it's not a colossal yeah. a colossal amount of time, yeah. but it is, you know, it is a like the challenge well. the challenge isn't really for people to be like, Oh well I've been getting twelve hours, I need to bring it down to seven. Like that that's not the common issue. The common issue is actually reaching the seven hours and getting seven hours of good quality sleep. Mm. That's the that's the issue. So that that leads us into our kind of our, our coaching advice section of the podcast. Yeah. Um but first of all we should mention a word, the circadian rhythm. And that sounds like a big fancy word and I feel all like scientific saying it. <laughs> uh, but circadian is a word, it's literally derived from a Latin word where like, in Latin circa means around and dian stands for day. So circadian means around the day. And we have this thing within the body called the circadian rhythm. So to put it simply, 
It's the human wake sleep cycle, which is over a 24 hour period. And it's been proven that the circadian rhythm can only be affected by external environments, which like more, more specifically, the big one would be light. So if you think about um, like jet lag or something like that, like your body gets used to a certain like daylight at a certain hour. And then you go and you shoot yourself across the world where it's a little bit different. Um, and it just goes, hang on, what the hell? But if you spend long enough there, you do start to fall into that next time zone. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that. It's um, like your body is an adaptable an adaptable species so yeah. if you expose yourself to a certain stress um or situation or environment for long enough mm-hmm. now i'm not saying you're girlfriends if you start swimming in the ocean all the time <laughs> but what i am saying is that your body will adapt um to function properly and again that's just another amazing thing about biology is that you know you can thrive in a lot of different scenarios and um, you just have to spend long enough there yeah as we were saying in, um for the water one funny enough Water is the only thing that your body cannot adapt um, to survive without. Yeah. So it can adapt to survive in many different things, but it can't survive without water. Um, so we have a system in the body and it depends on routine. And not following that routine has been proven to have long-term health issues like um, CVD, so cardiovascular disease, um, cancers, mental health issues, and so on. So just like everything else, routine is key for sleep. Um, so we're going to tie this in with what we were saying in our coaching advice. So yeah. we had our hygiene, we had our setup and we had our approach. Yeah. So I always tie kind of sleep routine in with a sleep hygiene because as I go through it, you'll see how you could kind of have your hygiene as a routine as well. Um, and just the whole process around it then could be, you know, a big routine in itself. So, um, Sleep hygiene and routine. So I'll start with routine. So if, for example, right, so say we were saying that you need seven hours sleep or actually, let me take this back for a second. You need to find out what works best for you. And that will take a little bit of time. And I think like anything in relation to fat loss, you need to find what works for you and, you know, what what you do best on. and and, And just to kind of elaborate on that, like if you find that you are in this like daily cycle of, you know, you wake up and you depend on like your caffeine to come in in the morning to kind of get you on about your day and then you depend on high sugar foods or high caffeinated um, consumables to get you through the day, then you need to address your sleep cycle. Yeah. So just for example, then if you were to say, right, I work best off seven hours sleep, you need to set yourself up for success. So that would be the first kind of thing that I would say in terms of a routine is start setting a bedtime and start setting a wake time. So just for example, seven hours sleep, say for example, you need to be up at 5 a.m. That would mean getting into bed at 10 p.m. And for a lot of people like that, for me straight away, um, with my routine at the moment doesn't work because I'm in bed later than 10 p.m. I don't wake up at 5 a.m., but you know, 10 p.m. wouldn't work. So it's about making my day work around that. Like prioritize your sleep. As we said before, like a couple of years ago, it was back whenever we first started personal training and you're working every hour under the sun. Like, I, I think there was times where we were finishing at like 10 p.m. sessions, locking up a gym, getting home, like half an hour home. Having dinner. Then. Having dinner. 
like nearly 11 half 11 at night and then like back up for like the session starting at six so being there beforehand to open up the gym and bring your clients in and, and of course get the place ready at the time it's exciting and it's new and it's you know people are going you want to watch you're going to burn out and you're going fuck off I, i'm fine i love what i do it's not work it's all this and it's total bullshit because yeah. you do burn out and you do get sick of it and you fall out of love with everything and yeah. so it happens what, what we had to do was to create a bedtime yeah. and like no matter what no matter what whether we were at an event or you know going to cinemas with friends or whatever like we would only go if it fell in time with our bedtime. bedtime you have to prioritize we it. like we were literally it probably wasn't safe for us to drive with how exhausted no. that we were we at were some so points so like i actually think there was it got to christmas time and we had done seven months of working seven days a week yeah, without a day off. no days off yeah. like not one single day off and it wasn't even just like counting like sitting down at home doing admin work it was seven months of seven days a week yeah. every single day in the gym. we had clients in the gym and you know what look it, I, I, I don't look back at it and go I wish I didn't do that it no. had to be done at the time yeah. and now, like, now we know now we're better for it there's no doubt but you need to learn from those things and, and adapt to those routines yeah. so, so setting the bedtime was one of the best things that we did absolutely so that's the first thing so set yourself up for success whatever time of sleep you're looking to get do your maths and set your bedtime and stick to it mm-hmm. now again that's not going to go on the first day and be like grand that worked that was great fantastic <laughs> it's going to take a little bit of time but stick to your routine you actually and you, you actually might it. find if you if you're in a state of like chronic tiredness um and you start to um add or build a routine into your day-to-day you might find for the first two to three weeks that you are going to be wrecked yeah it's like all the tiredness just comes out at once and it's just like it's going i need this i need this i need this yeah and you're absorbing sleep like a sponge so if you start to do it and you have been chronically tired like that is something that can happen yeah caffeine then is the second one um so coffee lovers we are both coffee lovers if anyone doesn't know us we love coffee i've been drinking coffee since i was seven. Oh god like i've i'm only in the last couple of years as beth called me the other day i'm a blow-in i'm still in single digits of years but um yeah caffeine is a big one caffeine takes quite a while for it to completely get rid of your system so we recommend probably no caffeine about six hours before bed so if for example you took 10 p.m as your bedtime that would mean your last caffeinated drink at 4 p.m and i will just say right now again another bit of bad news so you're not an elite athlete that's the first bit right that's the <laughs> that's the the stabber in your back yeah the dagger i mean the stabber i'm stabber. I'm, I'm the stabber with the dagger <laughs> i've just stabbed you in the back you're not an elite athlete and your uh, decaf drink still has caffeine in it it's just yeah. a lot less okay so just be careful of that if you're drinking decaffeinated drinks late at night green tea has caffeine yes exactly you know your regular cup of tea your barry's tea is now caffeine. we would recommend a tea called puka so it's p-u-k-k-a I puka, believe, puka is the brand of yeah tea. And, and you'll get it in tesco yeah it's a nighttime tea um but it's it's actually really tasty Do you know doing doing personal training i recommended this to so many people and like some of them actually have been listening to the podcast and they will probably go like yep you recommended that to me oh it's amazing um, but this particular tea the nighttime tea has an extract in it called valerian root and valerian root if you've never heard of it you could google it but they used to use it back in like aztec days mm. <laughs> um as a tranquilizer in a large dose now yeah um not, yeah this, this tea is not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna just knock you out for weeks knock you out. knock you out um 
but there is it's like a very small amount of it in it you drink it maybe about half an hour before bed and like you will find yourself starting to like kind of get into that kind of sleepiness so it is really really beneficial and I've had clients who have been on like antidepressants anxiety like people who have just got no sleep routine like workaholics people working two jobs 16 hours a day 17 hours a day outrageous and you know we went to work on sleep and recommended this and like within two weeks they're gone holy shit balls yeah, like i'm sleeping now i have to say right for me and this again is my own individual um i love it i absolutely like it's so nice even it tastes nice as well but what i found is that having a warm drink like that before bed made me wake up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet side note Owen can't go anywhere without peeing <laughs> he has a bladder the size of a petit pois so what i'm gonna say is for me it really helped me get to sleep but it didn't keep me asleep because i needed to go to the toilet now we as beth said we've had clients who are totally different so again it's trial and error you need to find out what works for you and you might find you just need to have it a little bit earlier before you go to bed etc 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 right so it's trial and error for for most people say if um say if anxiety or anything like that is the issue falling asleep is a big thing yes um, I'm not sure if I've mentioned it before on this, but like I used to have really, really, really bad um, insomnia. Like I could not sleep for maybe two, three weeks at a time. Yeah. And like it, it was one of the most frustrating things because you're getting into bed and you are so Exhausted. tired. But in your head, all you can think of is, am I going to get to sleep? Mm. And that plays such a toll in your head yeah. that it stops you from getting to sleep. So like I used it, it made me fall asleep. And if I if I found myself falling asleep, if I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet, I found that whenever I went back to bed, yeah. I didn't find it so difficult to get to sleep. Yeah. Other kind of little hacks then as well is you could get like little lavender drops and place them on your pillow. Hmm. Like anything really to help you relax. That's, um, that's environmental. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing then, number three on the list for your routine will be to reduce the use of technology about one hour before bed. Um, and I say one hour as kind of like the latest time. So the more, the better, to be yeah. honest. I think we could all do so, putting on our stuff. There's a few things for this and there's a few reasons why. But the main one is um, you have this thing called your third eye. It's your pituitary. Pit, oh, Jesus. That's hard to say. Your pituitary, pituitary gland. Um, and it literally is kind of the spot that is. I'm actually sitting here pointing to it as <laughs> if you can see. Oh, my God, I feel ridiculous. Um, it's the point. Basically, it's between your two eyebrows it's like right there so between your eyes um and it is actually light sensitive so it's it's one of the things that kind of you know helps with your circadian rhythm um your light sensitivity um and whenever we use something like technology we have a bright light in our face so tvs phones tablets whatever i think they're referred to as blue light am i right Blue light technology, yeah. Well, all, all, all lights will have some sort of a whiteness to them. Some of them will have more than others. Um, but that's why your phone nowadays will have something where you can go into nighttime mode. Basically, it takes the blue light out and it turns it into this kind of like sepia tone. Yeah. Um, almost like... Um, it's like a dull yellow. Yeah, it, it basically just yellows out the phone. It takes all the like the blue lights basically away. Um, it's st- like it still will kind of slightly stimulate the pituitary gland, yeah. but 
less. Yeah. yeah. So that that is one of the main reasons. So the pituitary gland is responsible for hormone secretion. Yeah. And one of those hormones is your um, melatonin and your serotonin, which are directly linked with sleep. And as we've mentioned above, it recovery, your growth hormone as well. So. Yes, exactly. So if we have a big bright light shining on it, it's going to um, hinder the secretion of the hormone because it still thinks it's kind of daylight outside, even though you're in a dark room with a bright light. The next thing on the list, number four for me, would be meditation, read or write. And yeah. what I mean by read or write would be read a book, fictional book maybe, get your mind kind of off away from day-to-day work, um, day-to-day stresses, whatever, and then write would be like that as well into a diary. And I think that kind of point leads into my next point, which I'll touch on now in a second. But meditation, as most people would know, um, especially if you've ever tried meditation, it's just about taking your time slow your breathing deepen <laughs> your voice and just relax um relax and set yourself up for kind of relaxation and sleep yeah i use and just relax Um, relax and set yourself up for kind of relaxation and sleep yeah i use an app called headspace um i've paid for it for the year and i have found this so so helpful we have our eco dot and i know people are going to be going you shouldn't be having technology behind you i know you've just said it but it's a little speaker but i can just go you know alexa tell headspace i'm ready for sleep and it will ask me what I want. Do I want a sleep cast? Do I want like, you know, those kind of like rainforest noises or whatever. So I ask for a sleep cast and I get this like dreamy little voice reading me a really boring story and like some like... like it's what, just mindless. Yeah, yeah completely just, yeah. mindless, but you're kind of like listening to it. You're drifting in and out and you find yourself falling asleep. So if that's your thing, like that's a form of meditation going to sleep and then it just turns off after about 30 minutes of literally just like it's almost like a story that just goes and then this happened and then there's this and then there's that and it's just like the and thens just keep going on 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 so the last one then on the list for me in the sleep routine would be brain dump and this is something i have a lot of experience with and i will actually shout out to my old manager in ikea i used to work in ikea and mark he had a chat with me one day because he could just see I was stressed out my head at the time I was actually working IKEA full time um, or at least like 30 hours a week or whatever and then I was also running my personal training business on the side um, which was beginning to get busy um, so I was working all hours and around different shifts and I didn't actually have a car either so yeah. I was just we moved uh, home from Canada it was it was a dreadful time but also a very exciting time and mm-hmm. you know a time that as I said I don't look back and regret on but he saw that I was just stressed on my head. I wasn't myself and I wasn't sleeping. I genuinely wasn't sleeping. And as Beth mentioned above, I'm normally 10 hours and five naps. I normally have no issue with sleeping at all. You you will know. Yeah. You will see Owen and you'll know if he slept or not. Oh, well, yeah. But anyway, basically brain dump is just your head is racing. So I was I was stressed out about my schedules. I was, I was afraid I was going to miss um, an hour or you know like sleep through an hour and that was causing me not to sleep and mark just said write it down and i was like what he goes just write it down 
Like, it doesn't have to make sense. You could write just fucking letters on a page as long as it's out of your head at night time. Have a pen and a piece of paper beside your bed that if it happens, if you wake up or if you can't sleep, just write whatever gibberish is in your head down on the piece of paper. And then at least you're not going to forget that thing. So that was another thing. I was like, oh, I'm thinking about this now, but what if I wake up in the morning? I can't remember. It's like, just write it down. And it probably won't make sense. You'll probably find the next morning you're going, what the fuck was that about? What am I on with? Yeah, what is this, you know? But it it really just gets it out of your head, allows your mind just to relax, and then hopefully then you can get to sleep. So brain dumping for me is, it's number five on the list there. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's number one because I generally don't have... Yeah, Um, just on one um, that like I find uh, would kind of hinder my ability to fall asleep and it would be like what I choose to put in my mind before I go to bed as well so like you know watching the news before bed probably isn't a good idea because it can raise cortisol in the body your stress and you're probably going to be thinking about it going to bed or the other thing would be to read your emails don't read your emails you shouldn't read your emails before you go to bed and you shouldn't read your emails as soon as you wake up because it has actually been proven that it raises the stress in the body just you need you need to take your time these yeah. days with, with technology everything is instant you yeah. need to make sure you've got time for yourself and the other thing is for us because we own and run our own business that we find that like 90 percent of our conversation can lead it will eventually lead to our business oh. somehow and like going to bed like we need to make a rule of you know not talking about the business whenever trying to fall asleep because whenever i start to think of something i will obsess over it yeah, so excuse me <laughs> there you go. Well, here i am yawning, ready to sleep. um so if i'm if i'm talking about something that is going to cause me to have to think and you know make decisions or have an uh, informed opinion on something it's going to stimulate my brain yeah. and that is the last thing you need before you go to bed so moving on from routine um and those routines are kind of specific to actually getting into bed every single night just but, just a side note, we are going for our longest podcast. Yeah, we're on 37 minutes. It's it's a good thing, though. It, like Sleep is important, and it deserves the it deserves 37 the time. minutes. It deserves every minute. So, as I say, moving on from your routines, and as I say, those routines are more in line with getting into bed every single night and stuff you can do to make sure you're in the best possible situation you can be to get sleep that night and mm-hmm. quality sleep that night. So these then are moving into kind of sleep hygiene, and as you can imagine, uh, hygiene is related to cleanliness, but mm-hmm. we would talk about uh, clutter as well. Um, so sleep hygiene can have a pos- or a massive positive effect on sleep and sleep quality. And I have three probably top tips from me yeah. um, that you can do every single week or two weeks or 10 days or whatever fits into your routine. So the first thing is to clean, uh, keep a clean and dust free room. That is major. And that kind of feeds into the second one, which is reduce clutter as much as possible. So the two of them are kind of one, I suppose, in a sense. But keeping a clean and dust-free room, sometimes, you know, clutter builds up over a week or so. That's Everybody has the chair Yeah, every, oh, room. Do you know what? It's just unbelievable. Or I'll put those clothes away tomorrow. Put them away now. <laughs> Get them away. Put them away. And just keep your room, keep your room as dust-free and as clean as you possibly can. 
um, and it will play a massive positive mm-hmm. effect into your sleep and sleep quality. And then, as I say, reduce clutter as much as possible. So that's that chair that Beth's talking about, <laughs> and the clothes from the 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 tumble dryer that you just don't want to yeah. put away. Put them away, um, and you you will feel the benefits big time. The last thing on my list then is to keep your bed sheets. Your oh my god, I can't speak. What's a bed sheep? A bed sheep. <laughs> so it's a sheep. <laughs> keep your bed sheets as fresh. Uh, as possible and change them regularly so obviously that kind of feeds into itself himself but like maybe once a week every 10 days or whatever mm-hmm. but keep them as fresh as you possibly can and mm-hmm. um, i think everyone knows how nice it is getting into a fresh bed yeah it's amazing it's it's like it's up there with getting into new jammies yeah like, but you, but you need you need to have it as possible or as positive as you possibly can getting into bed yep you need um, to have the right vibe the right environment you need to set yourself up for success yeah that is like skills for success yeah. <laughs> that is one of the big big things is you need to be able to tee yourself up to be able to smash the ball yeah. you know you the other thing actually that we didn't touch on was temperature oh yeah Just actually big, forgot about big, temperature. Big, we said we were going to hit on that and yeah. do you know okay here's an interesting fact so your body will fall asleep easier in a colder temperature than what it will in a warm temperature so if you can imagine you know you're on holidays and it's roasting like oh my god yawning again (laughs) (laughs) all this talk about sleep um so whenever you're on holidays in a hot country like sometimes you find yourself tossing and turning because you're too warm but whenever it's cold you will find yourself able to like drift off because as i said earlier your the, the functions within the body your body temperature will drop because it doesn't need to do a whole lot so it will drop and you will ease into um, your night's rest. So, fun fact, your soles of your feet, there's certain parts in your body that are um, heat receptors, are they called? I think so. Yeah? Okay, so there's a... Okay, we'll, we'll just go with heat receptors. I'm pretty sure that's the, the term, but don't quote me on the word receptor. But um, there's certain parts of the body that are more sensitive to temperature than others and help with regulation of body temperature and um, internal body processes right so the soles of your feet are one of the big things and guess what we do whenever we go to bed what happens <laughs> oh, I, tr- I throw a leg in, out there yeah, one yeah. Foot out. yeah yeah so the reason why we actually end up putting one foot out of the bed is like it's like basically programmed into you to control the temperature so some people will put their feet against the wall because the wall's cold um some people will throw a, a leg out of the bed depending on what way your room's set up but that is why yeah. to bring the body temperature down so um yeah there's a there's a few different parts of your body that are heat receptors armpits are one behind your neck is the other um you're growing your knee pits and your feet yeah. so that's why, you know, your jammies, they're never like really, really tight. They're quite loose around those areas. Um, and yeah, so temperature is a big, big thing. So yeah. having... I wouldn't say freezing now. Freezing now, but you can always warm up. Yeah. <laughs> you can add duvets on. But temperature is a big thing. Yeah. If the, the whole the whole setup, like we, it's called sleep hygiene. Yeah. Um, and it, it doesn't just relate to just physically being clean but it's having a clean kind of environment as in like optimal for sleep yeah and temperature is a big thing definitely again as always like these we say coaching points it's kind of what we would say 
to try um and anything like this is is going to be out of routine if you're not doing it already which will take time to get used to so don't like if you're going to try something give it a good maybe two three weeks of giving yeah. it a good bash stick into routine religiously um and see how you get on and you know track your results as well and see how you feel and make note of the days that you feel good make note of the days that you feel tired um and then go from there and change it up because it is so 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 important like yeah. we went to bed a little bit later last night than than we normally and here do here i am yawning and here we are yeah but just just again just to throw it back to uh in relation to fat loss like it's it's the same thing the same point that i'm always making is yeah. that it has an indirect direct effect so you know if your hygiene is poor if your um room is roasting if you have drank a cup of coffee three, three hours, Owen's yawning. Three hours before bed, no, I'm yawning. <laughs> it's like a... It's like, <laughs> oh my God. We're going to be talking about this. Because we're yawning. Um, you know, if, if, your ro- if your room is roasting, if your room is roasting, like, you're, you're going to have a poor sleep quality. And yeah. if you have a poor sleep quality, you're going to wake up in the morning and you might have three cups of coffee. Yeah, your you recovery three cups is not of coffee. You know you're gonna have a crash and then if you have a crash you might choose for like a sugary donut over something slightly more of a nutritional benefit to you yeah. and you know if you do that then you might go fuck it i'm too tired to train if you do that then you haven't trained that day and then you become lazy for that day and then that sleep pattern happens again and again and again so relating it back to fat loss you know if you have a good sleep you know it's going to um be in line with your goal yeah so i think that's the end of our podcast i think i think that just about wraps it up i don't think we can um go on about sleep anymore keeping it simple relating it to fat loss yeah yawning (laughs) oh my god so i think yeah i think that's the end of our podcast i hope that kind of clears things up Um, yeah try and have a routine as best as possible do what you can prioritize your sleep and you won't go too far wrong at all with anything in life if you prioritize your sleep yeah and like we are so aware of the fact that every single one of these is like obviously like obviously you need sleep obviously you need water obviously you need fruits and veg but if it's so obvious then why aren't people doing it like why aren't we doing it frequently and consistently so sometimes we just need that little reminder yeah and that is why we always go back to the basics yeah someone goes oh i've fallen off track right okay let's look at water let's look at your fruits and veg let's look at your sleeping habits and like starting with these things and building them up you'll find that you will be flying you'll actually find as well that the likes of when you get into elite level and you're going down supplementation and stuff like that they don't have any benefits if you're not nailing the basics do you know what i mean like any supplement supplements actually just make up for the basics exactly yeah but you'll read on any a packet of a supplement that it falls in line with a healthy varied diet and it's not just saying that to cover themselves they might be as well but it, it's absolutely true that yeah. you're not going to gain the benefits of any supplement that you take if you're not nailing the basics and you're not actually getting what your body needs yeah all right 46 minutes that's a record yeah so um, next just, week yeah i was going to say just to um just to kind of give you a little teaser for next week so next week is the big boy the big boy yeah and expect it to be quite a long one um i don't i don't i don't want it to go over an hour but it could it could be less you never know but it's the big one it is energy balance when you talk about energy balance there's so much context um that you need to get your head around because it's like it's a it's a rule and it's not even just like 
you know, a, a general rule that you can just break. You have to pay respect to energy balance, yep. but there's so many ways of manipulating it and making it work for you. And yep. that's, that's where the confusion comes in so much with, with energy balance and fat loss. Yeah. So next week, energy balance. If fat loss is your goal, if you're new to fat loss, like this one is a must. Yeah. Um, because everything else aside, like all of these ones, water, vitamins, minerals, sleep, everything else after that, like if you are not paying respect to energy balance, energy balance, you're not really going to get very far no. in respect to fat loss. Yeah. So that is that 47 minutes. Oh my God. If you have stuck around listening to us yawning for the last 10 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It means a lot. If you can um, share this on your show, if you can share this on your socials <laughs> i need a coffee um yeah. if you can share this on your socials that um that would be fantastic we would really really appreciate that any support that we've been getting so far yeah. like like it literally makes us so happy like you should see the big goofy smiles on us whenever someone shares it or messages us saying like we're actually really enjoying the podcast it's so, great it's great i will leave it there yeah i'm happy to go thank yeah. you for listening see you next tuesday <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Um yeah, see you next Tuesday. Bye for now. Ciao. Bye for now. Thanks for listening.